Welcome back to another episode of Cargumentative, where men in matching Porsche t-shirts and a girl with tattoos talk about cars and all things automotive. Guys, good to have you all back in the studio. And lady, we've got a special guest joining us today. Uh, goes by the name of Faye, who knows Mike. Um, Faye, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's only a pleasure. Thanks for being here. Um, we're going to hop into some news, because it's always a good place to start. And uh, I'm going to swing the mic over to Mark Paluta, who's looking intently at his phone. Yeah, look, I've only got a little bit of news today, yeah. and I thought we'd bring some bike news to the show. Because you like change. bikes, huh? I do like bikes. Mm. And it's particularly relevant because Faye is a massive bike fan. Um, Absolutely. I mean, just to, just to let the listeners know that she has a tattoo of Valenti- the words Valentino Rossi on her wrist. Amazing. Which is serious. Amazing. Uh, and just to put it out there that Nadav doesn't understand bikes. Okay, not, well, not in the slightest. I will, I will so, talk. So Mark's going to go language, ahead and I'm just going to. I'm going to talk. Yeah, you'll see. <laughs> so big news is Ducati launched a new bike this week called the Panigale V4R. All right. Nadav actually sent me a picture of the bike. I did. I did. I thought they would be interested. I was, I'm a good friend. But the big news. What? No, I want to see a picture of it. No, I don't know. I'll find your picture now. The big news is it's power, power to weight ratio. So this bike in race prep. So race prep means you put in a Kropovich exhaust on it. Makes 234 horsepower and it weighs 165.5 kilos, which is a power to weight ratio of 1,413 horsepower per ton. So it's basically like sitting on top of a missile. <laughs> it's more than a megawatt per ton. That's impressive. So, I mean, just to put a bit of context, so a, a Veyron, what? Veyron, a thir- Chiron. A Chiron is? 740 horsepower per ton. Which is one gigawatt. <laughs> 1.1 1. 1 gigawatts. Yeah. <laughs> Something around that line. Anyway, so that's... that's hold, hold on. So, so it's got more than double the power, the power to weight ratio of, of a Chiron. Chiron. I mean, perspective. And, and how much is a bike like that? I'm going to say landed in this country, six to 700 grand. I mean... It's just, a lot of money for a bike... But for the horsepower... I mean, I think that's, that's the amazing thing with a bike, is that mm. you know, in a car, if you want to go as fast as a Formula One car, you need to go and spend stupid money. A Chiron's probably going to be 20 to 30 million rand. Yeah. This, for 700,000 mm. rand, you can go as fast in a straight line as arguably as a, as a MotoGP bike. Yeah, absolutely. It's the fastest way to die. <laughs> yes, and, and, and funny doctor. enough, that is actually my life philosophy. It's two things. Mm. Aeroplanes and motorbike, impossible to have a small accident. Mm. True story. Agreed. The other, the other uh, news from you, you ride bikes, don't you, Faye? Yes, I do. Me too. Oh, really? <laughs> what do you ride? We dig bikes. So, ex- like, just give us two minutes of education on bikes. Like, what, what do you, you want to know, Mike? Why well, do you like what, 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 Faye, what do you so, ride? Okay, well, What's the point? I've Faye, got go. a ZX9R. ZX9R. Yeah. So, so how fast is something like that? Yo. She's amazing, hey. I've only pushed her to about 180, and then I was just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but it could probably do about 260. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, easily. Fantastic. Bike. Frightening. Frightening. So, I'm very frightening. frightening. <laughs> I'm chilled to the bone. I am. <laughs> so the thing about a bike is it makes the power and speed so easily accessible. I mean, you don't need a lot of money, and you can go really fast. And the sensation of speed is second to no car you'll ever drive. Imagine having... It's probably 
a very fast convertible might give you a similar sensation, but it's yeah, it's amazing. So it's all about power to weight and power to price ratio. Exactly, and it both wins on on you know. Yeah, you can't you can't be both things. I, I have no doubt that it must be the most amazing thing to ride a bike. But I know with my personality, I just can't go near one. So I have a, I have a thing. I won't go on a Vespa because I know if I go on one, within six months, I'm going to dress up like a Power Ranger and try and put my knee on the ground. Exactly. Or, but or, we have said that we will get you on a bike, on a runway, with no traffic, just to experience I can't. the exhilaration. I'm telling you, I'm not, we'll I, I won't be able to do it only once. It's just not possible. Okay, one more piece of news from Ducati. So, I don't know if you know this, but Ducati's owned by the VW Group, directly actually by Audi. And they've taken... Audi's suspension technology called Skyhook. So it's a magnetic, the magnetic iron filings inside the suspension fluid that they can magnetize and make it hard or soft. And they've put that in their bikes, in their Enduro bike, which is very cool. So you can have soft suspension for off road and hard suspension for on road. Very good news, guys. Amazing. Okay, Amazing. I can see the Dove. No, no, Dove's literally going to have a hard Guys, it's relevant to cars. That leads into cars. Talk about Audis now. Do you know what's even more relevant? Tell me. Perhaps. Cars. It's a car, and it's actually a Bucky. It's not a car. And it's made by Volkswagen, and it's a new concept that they've just unveiled. It's called the Tarok. Tell us about it. Smaller version. It's basically like a small double cab, compact, smaller than an Amarok. Which is smaller, yeah. So well, like you, a half ton. Are you telling me they have just launched the new Bantam? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the Nissan fourteen hundred. <laughs> could, could you put a bike in the back? You could, yeah. You could put many things. In the, a dog. You could put your kids What's in the its back. Payload. Does it say there? Uh, it's still a concept. It's still a concept. Yeah. So probably not much. But probably seven hundred and fifty kilos. Yeah, I'd say. We like, could probably rest assured it, as a VW concept, it'll probably make production. Yeah. Is what they usually do. Would you take it to the rugby, put the seats forward, and play the six by nines that are behind the seats? <laughs> totally. That's totally <laughs> doors open. Huh? Would it come in a diesel? Um, they're no. saying TSI, and they're saying two-liter diesel. Really? Wow. Yeah. That, make, that makes me think, sorry to, to jump in, but this week I saw something, and it reminded me of the discussion we had last week around, or two weeks ago, about the diesel like basically coming to an end. If diesel comes to an end, we might lose one of the greatest ever badges on a vehicle. What? The BMW 530D. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> which, which, if you read it upside down. For our South Africans. For our South African friends. It's a very rude very South African rude word. South African word. And, it, and I think it'll be a shame to see it go. Because I actually saw one of the new shape uh, BM5 series, 530D, and I thought that badge is one of the last. Mm. Absolute classic. True story. Um, so, Thomas, your news item is making me wish we were carried on talking about bikes, frankly. Yeah. Um, well, no. For me to say is, is, Listen, is a big deal. It's cool to have a smaller, <laughs> compact bucky on the market. Just showed fair. Because it's, it's important in this country as well. People, people want a smaller bucky. There no, hasn't been one around. It's a utility around. vehicle. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah. You mean, yeah, what? No, no. So I think that, that the Bucky in, this, in South Africa obviously mm. is a massively important car. Um, and that's why, you know, making fun of it, but like the 1400 and the, and the Corsa Bucky, um, which became the Chev, I think, yeah. small ute. I mean, it's an important car for South Africa. Keeps the country running. There's yeah. no question I, about that. I really wanted one of those Corsa Buckies when they first came out. I was like, you know, because I was a working man back then and, you know, I used to carry lots of stuff around, speakers and amps because I was like, you know, a DJ. 
<laughs> and I was like, I need this car in my life. It's just so cool. It was practical. Did you buy it? No, how? My dad actually always had buckies, half-ton buckies. And there you are. They, they're they built this country. Yeah, yeah they're fantastic they're, uh, things. Can, the can Bantam a, was particularly good. Can we have a motorsport news item? Um, Do we have yeah, a room? Really? Vietnam. Vietnam's getting oh, a Formula yeah, One Grand Prix. Yes, oh. it is. Hanoi. Downtown. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's amazing. It is amazing. That'll what a road track! Um, I think it is. Yeah, twenty twenty. It, ma- it makes just it's absolutely ridiculous that we can have so many races in Asia, mm. and we still don't have one here in South Africa. And you know for a fact, if they had it at uh, Kalami, they'd sell it out. Every single session would be completely capacity. Well, the Blanc Pain series is coming next year. Yes, it uh, is. If, if, if anyone doesn't know, that's sort of a it's, a. it's a nine. It's the Kyle Army Nine Hour is coming back for 2019. Uh, Lamborghinis, uh, Corvettes, BMWs, uh, BMW, Audis. Uh, quite an interesting Ferrari, series. Ferraris, Mercs. I'm kind of hoping that uh, if that is successful, that we it might open the door to a whole lot of very interesting motorsport at Kyle Army. Yes. And and to all of the um, the the companies that have cars that are available, we are thinking of entering a cargumentative car. So we're just mm. looking for a sponsor of the car. We are. We're actually just going to take Mark Polluter's Aston. Yep. And you're going to strip it yep. out on a weekend in your yep. garage. Absolutely. Because it's very handy. We but it's half done. I mean, the rear parcel shelf is out, so that thing's sounding amazing already. Yeah. <laughs> it's just missing a wing. Yeah. So we, we just need we some need carbon fiber. So we need what, a screwdriver, a drill, <laughs> and a hammer. That's we'll be it. fine. That's all we need. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of duct tape. balsa wood. Balsa wood. <laughs> there you go. Um, so that's we, the plan. What about the, the Jaguar I-Pace? And sorry. Yeah, Jaguar We'll get to that now. Nadav has a very important piece of motorsport news. I just wanted, if 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 nobody heard about the about the Sebastian Loeb story, I thought it was important news to communicate. Sebastian Loeb won another rally. Why is that even news? Because Sebastian Loeb has won all the rallies. So we're talking about World Rally Championship now. Um, Sebastian Loeb for is is arguably the greatest rally driver of all time arguably the greatest so he won another rally so what well the so what is that he actually retired five years ago and then he was brought back by Citroen into the slowest car in the field this season just because they needed uh, a driver to fill the space and he only went out and won it five years after he retired in the slowest car I just think that's worth mentioning it's absolutely remarkable the man is a phenomenon absolutely absolutely phenomenal just the question that we've got to ask is world rallying in any kind of good space at the moment you know I'm not taking it away from the fact and I love to see legends do amazing things but just the problem is is that I mean, I'm a petrol head. I watch every single Formula One race, watch Le Mans, watch Dakar stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm saying, like, we don't I, – I, I haven't watched any World You know what it is? For, is it became forever. very expensive, like Formula One, and they had a couple of manufacturers pull out. So mm-hmm. the big ones, Subaru, Mitsubishi, they pulled out. JDM, sorry. <laughs> so you were left with Renault, Citroen, mm. Ford. I think VW made uh, – I don't know if they're still in there. VW? Yeah, they're still no, in World Rally. No, not. Mini? It's Mini there. No, I think they pulled out as so well. So it's yeah. Citroen, Renault, Ford. Yeah. Peugeot pulled out. Ford is there. Hyundai came back in a big way. Oh, yeah. with the, and I'm oh, not sure if Skoda is still in for the VW group. Okay, so so it's, there's not too many manufacturers, and they couldn't get TV rights and that kind of thing. So you, you can catch the odd race online, but that's about it. Yeah. Coverage I, is terrible. I will just say this to all listeners, particularly young listeners. Go and look on YouTube at the videos of Group B rallying, oh. and you'll if you go and watch a couple of them, you'll you'll quickly understand why it was 
completely banned. Um, yeah. It was it was insane. But I mean, that's what we. The heyday. Of the heyday Those cars were making a thousand horsepower. Yeah, sometimes more on sometimes dirt roads more. with crowds. Two wheel drive. So with, with, sometimes with no road because the crowds would stand in the middle of the road so yeah. they could give. Thumbs up and jump out of the way at the at the last second. Remarkable, like spectacular, spectacular, spectacular. I actually watched a documentary on 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 Group B um, a couple of months ago. What's it called? I can't remember, but anyway, it was on YouTube, and I'll, I'll find it for you. Thank you. But um, I think it was the Audi team. They were like stripping the car after a stage, and they found in the grill two human fingers. Oh, oh wow. Seriously, because, because guys, it was a game where people would pat the cars as they go past and somebody's fingers got caught in the, in the, in the, yeah. you know. And amputated. And amputated these two and they were like Man. kind of semi-bride. <laughs> because <laughs> semi-bride. Slightly, <laughs> slightly charred fingers because they'd been on top of this like oh, unbelievable that's a hell of a story great story Tom. great story for the guy who his fingers too yeah. Yeah. it's excellent, excellent. Okay. Um, guys we've got a little bit of time for one more news story I want to touch on Jaguar I-Pace because that's a big thing electric car it's going to be um, the electric car with the biggest range electric only not even a hybrid eh? yep and um, that's starting at 1.6 1.6 Why did they rand. make it so expensive? I mean, I saw one in the flesh in Frankfurt um, a few months ago. It's it's a pretty cool looking car. I mean, and, and it is a car. It's sort of. It's not really an SUV. But 1.6 million. 1.6, and it goes up to 1.9. Mm. Wow, that's too expensive. And and, and I, I love the what the 1.9 gets you. It gets you first edition. Mm. Uh, the the manufacturers are coming out with these special editions before the thing is even launched. To to put it into context, I think the iPace is approximately the size of a Range Rover Sport. Yeah, it's uh, like a sort of a mid-size SUV. SUV, not the biggest ones. Um, and a Range Rover Sport you could get for de- no, around about no, no, a... It's not the size of a Range Rover Sport. It's much smaller. Even smaller? smaller. Yeah, it's definitely So like smaller. a Freelander. So yeah, a it's more, so yeah, no, no, I think it's more... It's, it, so like, X3, it, 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 X3 size. It, yeah, it was more X3 size. Okay. It didn't feel much bigger than that. So those cars are between yeah. 700 and a million rand. So you're paying a 600 to 900,000 rand premium for the fact that it's electric. But Without an infrastructure in South Africa yet, mm. uh, they've promised it. No, no, no. Hold on. They they've, made, they've made a fast charge station in Harry Smith, so now you can drive to Durban. You can. Mm. So okay. They've promised. Jaguar have promised that the whole, the all the major routes will be covered. I can't remember in the, what time frame, but they've yeah. they've promised that uh, with the introduction of the iPass. It all happens next year. That's when it goes ahead. Indeed. So yeah, that's it for the news. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to talk about embarrassing car modifications. Welcome back to Cargumentative. In this segment, we're going to be dissecting our history of like really bad car mods, you know, embarrassing things we've done to our cars. Um, in the past, I don't think the Dove's ever done modifications. Not true. Not true. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've but, modified things. But but I have. I mean, I remember my first car was a Golf 2 GTI 16 valve. Okay. We've discussed this before. And I got yeah, and I got some money for my birthday. So you know, what does a young 19-year-old guy do? Doesn't save it. He goes off to go and get something that he doesn't need. In this case, it was going to some like seedy, slightly dodgy exhaust place 
like in the heart of Randburg called like Boss Auto or Super Boss Auto or something. And I was like, yeah, these guys sound legit. <laughs> these guys are going to know exactly what to do to make my car better. <laughs> now, first of all, I wanted to go and buy myself a K&N air filter. But of course, of course you did. in the latest like issue of Speed and Sound, it said there's no point in getting an air filter if you don't have an exhaust. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'm going to get the, I'm going to, Go for the exhaust first. Anyway, long story short, I got this massive, like, 60 mil free-flow exhaust system from the branch all the way out. 60 mil? It was enormous. It was huge. And the guy's like, he was huge. (laughs) It was ridiculous. Anyway, so then I drove it home, and halfway home, I was like, you know what? I need to swallow my pride here. This was terrible. This was a terrible, terrible thing to do. It sounded cool for five minutes, but then it was like this booming, droning. Then I got onto the freeway. And I sat at like 120, and it was just in that zone of like this crescendo is booming, <laughs> warbling. Eventually, I got home, and, and my dad heard me coming up the street. He was like, I hope that's not your car, because otherwise I'm moving you off to Boxburg, and you can go and stay there. I don't want, I don't oh, want that's to. Oh, that's controversial, eh? That's controversial. Very controversial. And just so you be clear, there was a solution to that, and you just didn't take No, but you could have just fitted a bigger sound system. There was. No, I, I didn't have budget. So, so then, long story short from that, I ended up going to another exhaust shop because I was too embarrassed to go back and say, guys, this is a terrible mistake. Please, can we do something? But I went off to another place, managed to get, like, some money off by swapping out the exhaust. So, I, like, I ended up paying double for, for the stupid exhaust system that I didn't need. It was a complete fiasco. Um and then the second worst thing I did was put big sound. My hairdresser was actually selling, he was into car sound. And he had all this stuff, like this massive monoblock amp and a subwoofer system and all that kind of stuff. I had six by nine. So I thought, well, okay, I'll just put this massive sub in, which I did. And um, again, had it on for like 10 minutes, went up and down the park view strip with all my windows down, <laughs> pumping like Dr. Dre, you know, and getting all this like young, angsty aggression out of my system. And How thought, old were you? Uh, I was about 25. Oh, no, no better. 24. <laughs> and then I thought, no, this is terrible. I can't actually, it's too, it's too much. It's too boomy. It's, it's, it's terrible. I don't have a boot anymore. I can't put anything. And so, again, ended up going back, asking the guys to take it out and taking it back to my hairdresser and saying, can't do uh, this. I, I had a Awful. big sound system that I got removed for me. Oh, yeah. as it mm. does. Yeah. So, I spend my life undoing mods. Buy a car, it's modded to death, undo it to try and make it decent again. That's what I do. But that's not embarrassing. So you don't have any embarrassing... No. Not really. You keep it on a level. It's not you possible. keep it clean. You went, you, you went to PNC. No, I didn't. I didn't modify anything. I mean... You must have. No, uh, I bought stuff that was modified and I spent my life... I've done a big sound system and an Alpha 145 I had, but it was done properly. You could turn it down. What's the worst mod but, you've had to unmodify then? Well, okay, so I bought a, a Golf 3, uh, that's the one you had, a Golf GSX, and it had an aftermarket sunroof fitted. Oh, we're bastards. Oh. <laughs> we're bastards. <laughs> so that you cannot undo. Glass <laughs> sunroof. Well, that just only, tilt. It only, only tilted. It <laughs> <laughs> only tilted and made you hot. There's no going back from <laughs> that. Yeah, it only tilted and made you hot, exactly. So, Faye, you're, you're a millennial, post-millennial, like... Generation really, Z. Really, generation Z. What's your view on mods? I don't know. It depends. Like, I really love JDM cars. Like, really, really love yeah. them. Okay, so you, the rule here we've learned is that the, our listeners don't necessarily know what JDM is, so you need to explain. 
Japanese cars. Japanese, Nissans, yeah. your R34s, your R32s, and your Supras. Stuff you don't okay. get here. So, like, Japanese domestic market. Yes. And can we nice. legally import these things? Yeah, you can we get can. them. There's a place in Durban called Rospo or something. Not that I'm endorsing them, but you can buy stuff there. Oh, really? Yeah. You That's can't cool. finance it, but you can buy it cash. That's cool. But you do get yeah. cool Japanese cars, yeah? And Japanese cars, you reckon, should be modded, like as a standard? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's nice to buy a car and turn it into something that you've built for yourself instead of going and buying a Ferrari, which everyone can just have. Yeah. It's all the same. So for our listeners out there, Faye is no stranger to modded cars, having modeled in front of a Liberty Walk 458. Which, 488. Uh, four, was it a 488? It was a 488. Wow. <laughs> Nadab's favorite N- car. N- oh. Nadab, oh. Nadab doesn't like it. Oh, N- Nadab secretly has a poster of one on the back oh. of his bathroom door. Oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> oh dear. What color was it? Probably like, purple. No, it was like a matte off-white kind of color. <laughs> of course it's matte. Okay. And, and the, the thing about a Liberty Walk is that you buy the car for five or six million rand and then you spend probably another two million on a Liberty Walk kit. And the thing about a Liberty Walk kit, if anyone's had a look at these things, they are bolt-on, but properly bolt-on, like as in drill into the fenders and extend them permanently. To reverse one of those things is it's just not possible. Oh, so it's an irreversible mod? Yep. Pretty much. Wow, okay. But I agree, Japanese cars do pull off the whole tuning thing better. They're just, there's something about them that, like, you know, encourages you to tune. And the yeah, whole culture. Yeah, you, like, you want to customize it as soon as you get it done. Yeah, I, it, it's like customizing, like, a golf or something. Just, it kind of seems weird. I don't know. But well, if you do that it to brings Subaru, me to what I did. I had a golf. I want to hear your embarrassing uh, stories because you probably <laughs> have many. I do have many. And actually, um, the, the what I'm going to end with is it's. It could well make everyone except for Faye cry, um, uh, but I, I will I will talk about it. But I I I, I my first car was a, a Malachite Green Golf GSX 1.8, and it was really really awesome. I'm very fortunate to have had it. But I did what Tom did. So every little bit of cash I did, I transformed that thing until it looked. Like sort of like a, a VR6. So I started off by color coding the bumpers because when it came out, it didn't have color coded bumpers. It was one of the first generations, um, and then I added a roof spoiler, but not just the one that came out. It was a Zender roof spoiler that sat proud and it had a third brake light. It was unbelievable. <laughs> then I added Momo Ferrari engineering wheels oh to God. it. And with the color- worst <laughs> wheels in history ever. But they were oh. called Momo Ferrari engineering. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and I had Goodyear Eagle F1 tires on it, which had the, probably oh, the, gra- the greatest tread of any tire yeah. ever made. Um, they weren't really great, but they were. I had them. And then to finish it off, I got little eyelids, so it made it look like it was slightly slanting its eyes. <laughs> so this thing was the most menacing, stant-looking GSX slow 1.8 that on such big rubber could not get that thing to budge at all. But it was cool, and it was properly personalized, and, uh, and, I, and I really loved that car. I, I really did. So... I then went and and started off with the Porsches, and I had a couple leading up to a 1984 Carrera 3.2 in God's Red, which was a really, really good car. But in a moment of absolute insanity, I took a completely unmolested, fully full-service history, um, no aircon, no sunroof car on Bilstein's, 
and I decided to cut it and put on a 964 kit. Oh, no, you did not. Are serious? This is the first time I'm hearing about this. It's yeah. disgusting. It's awful. You shut your mouth. You don't tell us any more about this. I and, don't hear about and it. We're shutting you down, and probably, <laughs> and probably the worst exhaust that you've ever heard. But I hope you put some TSW Hockenheims on as well. No, like actually, <laughs> I actually put on, I'm not sure what the rims were. You put rims? I had to because I couldn't have Are full set six four bumpers, so I had to find a rim. Mark. And, and at this point, I had run out of cash. So I was now trying to make this thing look oh, as good as possible. But, but it all works out well in the end because in 2004, I won the time trial series at the Porsche Club in my class. And it was lighter. It was faster. And it all ended up well for a while in that straight after that, I realized the error of my ways. And luckily, the, the parts that we'd cut off to put the rear prestige panel on, we put them back, and I took it back to original. The car got stolen about two months later, and that was that. So, oh. <laughs> so, to, so, so just, just to draw on that, are we saying that modification is maybe okay, particularly when it improves the vehicle? So now, just, just to give a little bit of background, manufacturers spend millions of man hours and millions of dollars mm. perfecting their cars, finding the perfect compromise between this and that. And that and the other. And bringing it to market is the best representation of what they could possibly do, which is why modifying cars are often viewed as being short-sighted. How can we possibly – it's blasphemous. How can we possibly do better than Porsche or VW or Nissan, for argument's sake? But we know that in certain instances modification can work. And maybe that's when – JDM, I feel like so Japanese cars. It was almost it was it was more functional than aesthetic. It was a mm. they're seeking a, a, a better car. Um, perhaps in a certain circumstance, you compromise it slightly in some ways, but it improves on track. Or is that is that correct? Well, I, I mean, right? I think Are we okay so, with so, that. So look, I think what we all have to agree is that we're not going to be able to engineer better than what we what was made i mean so you're gonna every time you do something there'll be some kind of trade-off on it but i think cosmetically and 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 sound and things like that so you've got a beautiful 1970 911 t 71 911 t carb fed but you've personalized it it's got a couple of decals on it it's Mm. got um it's got uh, a, a very stupid exhaust, which is amazing. And Sounds like just, a monster truck. Yeah, it does. And it's just phenomenal. Mm. And, you know, I mean, the question here is, I'm asking a lady who's got some very serious body art. Um, our body is, is, is doing stuff to the car similar to personalizing yourself. Yeah, I think so. You're building a car to fit, like, who you are and how you want it. So I think that's, like, something really special. Because you're building exactly how you want it to be and how you want it to drive, how you want it to sound. So that's what I really dig about Japanese cars. So it can be like... No a, one else will have it. Exactly. It can be like a, a physical embodiment yeah. of yourself on wheels. Exactly. exactly. You're only encouraging Mark because he did a, a thing last week on saying that what, what the car says about you. Yeah. Um, and that it says a lot about your personality. So what does a metallic gold wrap on a Lamborghini, <laughs> say. Terrible. That's mm. the most terrible thing you've yeah, said. Yeah, no, it's horrible. There's actually a company... But there's, oh, a, yeah, there's, a grain of interest in, there's a grain of interest to what you said, is that a metallic gold wrap is exactly that. It's a wrap. It's reversible. Mm. So maybe that's another interesting way to look at modifying cars. My Porsche that you've brought up 
for arguments like everything that I've done to it that's to my taste to personalize it uh, when people see it they know it's in a dove's car okay but it's all reversible and that's been what that's been my my sort of um that's that that's been my ground rules for that car if I modify it it must be able to be brought back to standard yeah uh, so a wrap perhaps that's acceptable because in the end you take it off and it keeps for pain safe Speaking uh, of doesn't. <clears throat> speaking of JDM modification, there's mm. a company in the UK called Litchfield, I think they're called. They do Nissan GTRs. That's their big thing. And they warranty them. They actually will sell them to you brand new. So they'll buy a brand new Nissan GTR, which I don't know how many horsepower it is standard, probably 600 mm. odd. 600 odd. And they'll give you something that's closer to 1,000 horsepower, and they'll warranty it for you. So they take any – and that's why the, the Japs are maybe so easily modifiable is because they can handle it. They're built to amazing um, quality. They're really quality cars. Um, actually, our mechanic will tell you that the only cars that don't leak oil are Japanese cars. That's probably true. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, I, I mean, I think there's also something to be said for, for modifying cars using better parts that the company's already made. And that is something that you can bring into the Porsche thing, where, like, with the original... 911 air cool cars you can you can draw from a massive parts catalog and use them on certain cars so even though you've got an earlier car or you know an 80s car you can combine it with bits and pieces a singer to make yeah, it better that's, yeah, that's, that's what, what singers, singers do but I think what you're actually alluding to is the fact that your SC doesn't have hydraulic chain tensioners no and that you're <laughs> that it makes you feel upset inside because the engine might grenade itself no not really so you're basically the way, on borrow time grenading engine has now been trademarked to Mark Salomon uh, someone said, oh, Mark said that on Cogumentative. Oh, really? Yeah. Grenade. Grenade. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to lay claim to it, but it was a very, an early 80s it's term. True. But that's yeah. an interesting one on the, on the 911s. And, and mm. what's amazing to see is that the pre-74 911s, there was a time in the 70s when they became old, old shapes, and they were modified to look like G-Specs, which are the impact bumpers. Now what's happening is the reverse. So you're taking G-Specs, which they made lots and lots of, and they're backdating Backdate. them to look like pre-74s. And all of that, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think so. I mean, not, as we say, 959 over a singer. If it's irreversible, yeah, it's, perhaps it, it. maybe just think twice about it. Mm. Yeah, maybe you've gone too far. Is that something we can all agree on? Yeah. But then, then there's a counter to that. My good friend David lives overseas, and he has a 365 Boxer Ferrari, and he has opted to not go do, he's done a nut and bolt restoration probably one of the best in the world it's been built in Holland and instead of going for a Ferrari color he's done it in in um, Bahama sand Bahama yellow which is a Porsche, Porsche color, color. Mm. and it is absolutely spectacular mm. so I think you know in the end you pay your money horses for courses you pay your money mm. and ultimately it's your car and each to their own gotta love it yeah, yeah. cool it's cliches Hey? So many cliches flying so around many. the studio right now. Yeah. <laughs> Some good comment there. Um, guys, we're going to take another break and we're going to come back and we're going to have a little conversation about what girls think about guys in certain cars. Mm-hmm. 
Welcome back to the show. And in, in this segment, we're going to get a female opinion about cars because, you know, a lot of people have said you guys are just, you know, these misogynistic, beer slugging, tequila drinking, you know, men, old school men. And we want a female perspective on cars because, you know, girls like cars as well. So that's why we be working Faye. And Faye, we kind of want to know, well, I want to know, what is it that girls look for in cars? And do you think it's something different to what guys look for in cars? Well, let's talk about what this girl looks for in cars. Because I'm not sure, mm -hmm. and this is probably a question, whether you're representative. Because you're, you're an absolute petrol head. And just to, just, to, just to add a little anecdote before you jump in, the first Veyron arrived in, Bugatti Veyron arrived under the, the cloak of darkness into Joburg a few weeks ago. And on Faye's Instagram feed, she went mental, like literally, like like a like I was a like, really a, like a fangirl. <laughs> yeah, you, you were excited. I basically posted every photo I could find of that car and asked everyone where she was. Did you find it? Yes, within like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> really? So what excites you about a Bugatti Veyron? Yeah. I've never seen one in my entire life and it was the first one in South Africa, so I needed to go see her. What's amazing about the Bugatti Veyron? No, it's just a Bugatti. Like, that was just the initial idea about it. And when you so, saw it, I mean, was it like everything you imagined? Were I you cried. disappointed? Seriously? I cried. Really? Yeah, I did. Sure. Wow. I did. Have you guys all seen one? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Haven't seen one on the go, but I've seen it. It's nice and compact. Yeah, it's nice and compact. It's a lot smaller. It's a lot smaller than you think. Uh, I prefer the Chiron. Yes. Yeah, sure. But, you know, I can say things like that over here, you know, because I can choose. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. So, right. back to Tom's question. Yeah. Yeah. What do you like about cars? What is it about them that kind of like excites you? Like, I love you know? the mechanics of like the whole engine and how they look and how they sound. And it's weird. The first time I got into a race car, the feeling that I had was just, I've never experienced that before. Like what it was, was just it? mad. I got into an M4. That was the first like souped up race car I ever got into. And it was nice. amazing. I didn't want to get out. I just sat there like, okay, well, it's done now. Can we go again? It was one of those BMW track days. Yeah, it was. And it was incredible, eh? It was amazing. So, let's say tomorrow you win the lottery. When is the, when is the lottery payout? Tomorrow. Which one? Oh, the European one or no, the no, American South one? African. Let's keep it real. Okay. <laughs> keep it local. No Zaka. Let's keep it low. I think it's a 21 million. Mm. Something, something like that. It's yeah. big. So, you can buy... What's the first thing you buy? The first car you buy? Nissan R uh, R34. So that's the. I'm saying like really. Well, hold on, yes, hold, hold on, really. hold on, hold on. Context. I, I say, uh, we, you need to provide context. Yeah. I don't know Japanese cars. Like, which one is that? So it's the Godzilla that Paul Walker drove in the first Fast and the Furious, the silver one. It's the one that was like still called the Skyline. Before, yeah. Before the GTR came along, and the Skyline, that name was sort of. So, so it's a GT, it's a Skyline GTR. Yeah. Pretty yeah. Much. So, but why is that better than the current one? Because the current one has had a serious model run. I mean, it's been going for like forever. twenty years. No, twenty years. No, no, no I'm I mean, being sarcastic. <laughs> Come on, God. But, but no, it feels it's, like it's, it's almost nine eleven long. Yeah. So what um, makes the R thirty four, which is the previous generation, better than the R thirty five, which is the current generation GTR? I don't think there's much of a difference, but the moment I sat in one of those R34s, it was just like I knew this was the car that I had to have. And since then, I've been trying to get one. So, 
They I'm are definitely really gonna cool. have one. Is that a possibility or what yeah, are they worth? I mean, is it is it is it I can attainable? get them for about 180. 180,000 rand? Are you serious? Really? I've got a friend who imports them. Mm-hmm. So wow. I'm just and, waiting and for them to build up a story. Yeah. JDM. And she's stock though. So I'd have to have the engine like redone and everything. But is wow. that a GTR? Got more power. Mm, it's a Skyline. R34. R34. Skyline. Skyline. Those ones came also in rear wheel drive though, didn't they? Yeah. They I think did. only are they only rear wheel drive. So I know it's a straight six, and the new one, newer one, is a V six. It's still twin turbo though. It's got a turbo per three cylinders. They are amazingly tunable. Like, I think standard they actually weren't that many horsepower. They're probably like four hundred horsepower. Uh, all limited, to a thousand. So no, no, not, not gentleman's agree, agreement limits mm. cost to two hundred and eighty horsepower. Oh, like two hundred eighty horsepower can't be more. Yeah. And one hundred and eighty kilometers now. Yeah, that's right. Agreed. So now they take that and they tune it all the way up to a thousand horsepower, where the things are jumping off dinos. Yeah, mm-hmm. proper uh, power. It is a place in 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 Joburg that's done a couple of 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 ones of versions with. Full titanium blocks and that they're pushing two thousand horsepower. Unbelievable! Sure. Wow. It is unbelievable. So this is it. Wow. So that's Lotto it. and that's it. Pretty much, and I'll have done. one in every single color. And a bike. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah the H two R. I'll definitely get the H two R. Okay. So fair. I've got a, another question for you. So, like guys and cars, you know, I want to know what is a turnoff when it comes to guys and their cars. Like, is it something? You know, is it is it is it guys who try too hard with tuning? Is it guys who don't tune cars? Is it guys who like just too loud and braggy? Like from a from a, a female point of view. Definitely the loud and braggy. Yeah. Definitely. Like I won't even pay attention to it. I'll okay. just look somewhere else. Yeah, none of us have anything <laughs> like that. No. And, no. So, <laughs> so would you say like a guy who kind of has a more subtle approach to cars? Like I mean, you know, what do you what do you, is it? Well, if the car looks like a sleeper and you hear it like go off, I'll definitely be like checking out the window to mm. see what's going on because I'll be really interested in it. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you see a car that's modded, yeah. like you immediately know that's been done up and yeah. this guy's like into that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's interesting. Is, is that good or bad? It's good and bad. It depends what car it is. It honestly just depends what okay, car it so is. Okay, so give us an example. So a modded M4? Yeah, no, that's fine. But if it's one of those GTIs, then... A modded GTI. <laughs> It's just too many of them. Yeah. Everyone has one. It's become like the ubiquitous car. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I've got a little bit of money. I want some performance. So I'm going to get Golf GTI, Golf R, and then I'm going to go into Revo and get it chipped and oh, tuned yeah. and then, like, get this loud, yeah. ob- obnoxious exhaust system and go up and down the greenside strip. <laughs> exactly. You know? So I had a GTI and I never did that. So I restrained myself. It was tough, so that's though. That's good at least. Because mm. it makes them really fast. It's mm. actually really cool. But, you, but that you wouldn't even know that it's done. It's, it's more like when you add, like, the rims and stuff mm. like that. And... You've mentioned a couple of times already, which is damaging the uh, the pride of all of the gentlemen in this room. But mm. that, that Porsches are a no go. It is de- yeah, it is hey. devastating. I'm just saying this. It really is devastating. And we're sitting here with with Porsche T-shirts and hats on the on the table, which, which Nadav is gladly dishing out to each of the potters. Well, the t-shirts are nice. The t-shirts are nice. Please. Thank you. That's a, so Porsche that's a kind t-shirts word. are nice. <laughs> Porsche's not Porsche's so nice. So what, what's, what's a turn-off about the Porsche brand? They make me think of like Beatles. What? Instantly. I, they just do. I don't know why. But they are kind of like, I mean, 911s are kind of Beatle. I mean, you can see the evolution. Well, you can kind of see where they came from. And actually, the early cars are kind of like Beatlesque. Absolutely. Which I, is, I need to say this. So, 
So we love 9-11s. We love mm. old 9-11s. But I think it's only us, guys. I think <laughs> it's just us. No, no, no. They are widely regarded. There's one or two They are other widely people. regarded. But I this think, but I think, that that, I think that's, this is like some valuable information, though. So if you're buying, if you're a middle-aged <laughs> male who's, who's going through some sort of crisis... And he's buying a Porsche. Buying a Porsche. Buying a Porsche to try and to try and reverse the body aging uh, uh, process. Don't. Then yeah, don't do it's it. Not, you know, it's not. Yeah, stay away from it. Rather <laughs> go and buy. Achieve? Rather go and buy a Nissan. So, so I, I've got a, a, a theory though, and um, not to not to, 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 to elevate Mr. Paluta, but that the Aston Martin is is a car that women find appealing for a man to drive. Is, is, it, is it true that? And yeah, it's a nice car. It's a really good car. Because it's kind of subtle. It doesn't shout that much. Yeah, but it's it classy. still shows off enough. It shows off enough, but yeah. not, it's not over the top. Exactly. Like a Ferrari. Like yeah, no, that's too much. Gentleman's <laughs> kind of showing off. Yeah, Ferraris and Lamborghinis are a no-go. Yeah. Especially when the doors go. Yeah, this is, this, this is important information. It is. So if, and, and yeah, doors that open up? I think it's pretty cool, but it's so difficult getting out of those cars. Elegantly, really is. Yes. How do we feel? How do we feel about McLaren? Mm, I actually idea? don't know. I've never been mm. in one, so okay. I can't really give a fair opinion, like opinion on that at when all. Someone rocks up in a McLaren. I mean, you're a, you're a, an early millennial. Uh, I'm, I'm saying anyone rocks up in a in a McLaren. It, it doesn't have to be a guy or a girl. Or mm. What what do we? How do we feel about the brand? I'm interested in. In your it's a really nice brand, but I'll just like look at it and continue doing what I'm doing. Interesting. Yeah. Really? I agree. I agree with Faye. I see, like. It's nice, so but, it's, but it's, it's not just, like a head turner. No. Is this discretion maybe what's so nice about what a McLaren? Yeah, can't be discreet. It's not. It's a cookie it's cutter car. <laughs> they all look the same. It's like McLaren has a cookie cutter, and they have this big thing of dough, and they're like, let's make a new car, and they go, no, <laughs> yes. no, yes. no, yes. no. In fairness, so no, the C20 and the Senna yeah. and the and the the new Longtail. No, they all are all very different. What cars are an absolute no go for men? With exotic cars, I'll definitely say Ferraris and Lambos. Like, it's just too much Faye, for me. You're like, it's killing just me. Too much. You're absolutely <laughs> destroying me here. <laughs> I promise. I nearly drove into someone because I saw an R32 and I was busy staring out the window. I, promise, I nearly drove into another car in front of me. But like, and, and let's talk about like, like normal, average, and everyday car. Cars, yeah. So, so like, it's so. What is the everyday car? equivalent of me wearing a jumper that my grandmother made me. What about a Mercedes-Benz C180 diesel? That's like a jumper. That's like a jumper type car. 220 diesel. 220 diesel. No, but no one would buy that. Anyway, that's generic. It doesn't matter. What about a 2 Series? If the guy's driving a 2 Series. No, but it's a 2 Series. So what does that mean? Nah, maybe if it's like an M4 or something, then that'll be interesting. But if it's an RS3 or RS6, now that is nice. I love the RS6. Oh, RS6. Wagons. Love the wagons absolutely especially. love it, eh? Absolutely love it. See, uh-huh. look at this. You're Indeed. making you're making the good doctor's heart hard. I love it. an Audi fan. Because he loves M4s as well. It's one of his favorite cars. Oh, I'm, I'm the biggest <laughs> fan. I'll, I'll shout out to all M4s out there. <laughs> <Just> remember, <laughs> I'm not going to buy it. I'm Kawasaki H2R. Yes, yes. Okay, so I'm asking for a friend here. (laughs) (laughs) Midlife crisis. 
you know, got a little bit of cash, not too much. What is like a good midlife crisis car to buy if you're a guy and you don't want to embarrass yourself? Like you still want to have like, you know. Maybe get yourself like an M6. Okay. Mm, yeah, midlife crisis, like it's Con- a good car. Is there the, 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 the convertible or the two-door? The two-door, definitely. Convertible or coupe? Coupe. It messes up my hair. I'm not a fan. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Also, mess my hair. It's terrible. Awful. It's a real struggle. It is. Yeah, it is. (laughs) The struggle is real. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to have our first challenge. Welcome back to the segment in which we're going to do our first ever challenge. I'm quite excited about this. It's the second-hand car challenge. So what I told the guys to do, we all have 150,000 rand, and we had to go out onto the interweb and find a car that we you know, could buy for, for this money. It had to be kind of cool, had to be kind of quirky, maybe fast, maybe comfortable. Um, and basically, we're going to pitch these cars, and then at the end of it, Faye is going to choose the best one. Brilliant. Excellent. So, um, can I go first? Of course you can. Okay. Do it. So, I've got three. I'm three? Show them to, yeah, three. Three? No, you only like to choose one. No, no, don't say You never said one. I did. One car, 150,000 rand. <laughs> okay, well, then I'm going to go. Okay, but tell us your runners up. No, no, okay, no. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you my runners up. So, my okay. number one choice, Faye. No, no, start with the third. You don't know how to do okay, this, man. Third, 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 second, third. first. Just, Just like calm down. Yeah. Standard protocol, man. Okay, third for 135,000 Rand is an Alpha GT mm. 3.2. Mm, I like that. Nice yeah, car in nice red. One. Not Ferrari mm. red. This is Nissan GTR red. Mm. <laughs> okay. Okay. That, well, that's not my final, final car. Then we have the Mini Cooper S. 150 grand. What? Yeah. The turbocharged one? Turbocharged or the, the supercharged one? Turbocharged uh, Mark 2. Yeah. Oh, so it's that's a turbocharged one. Mm. Yeah. Lovely car. It is a nice Great car. to drive. Yeah. Yeah, cool. And completely left field for me, my number one choice is a Land Rover Series 2. Oh, jeez. Like. In British Racing Green. Wow, I'm shocked. What year is it? 1965? Does, <laughs> yeah, does it come with a free pair of Wellington boots? So oh, it is 1965. Is it a 1965? It's 1965. How's that, eh? I just think that's cool. Fresh off the street. It's cool. You can put the bikes in it. You can put a bike on the back of that. Kids. Comfortably. And it'll go the same color as your, your Kawasaki. I must admit, Definitely I think it's very cool. Definitely not the same cool. color. <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah, those are mine. Okay, so you're going with the Land Rover? Yeah. For how well, much? Well, going on this reaction, I don't know. I think, I, th- going... I think it's cool, though. No, no, I think it's cool. And actually, I was on the highway on, on Sunday, and I saw a Huey 166 short wheelbase. That's kind of what this is based it on. It really is, yeah. It's 150 on the nose. Okay, so you're going with that. You can only choose one. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. All right, cool. Mike? It's a good thing you don't have to run it as well for 150 grand, because there's <laughs> no way that thing's on the road at 150. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mike. All right, so, so, so I'm, I'm going to... Find, uh, talk about a car that I found on the weekend, um, having discussed the, um, with a fan of the Pajero, and Mark is actually a Pajero fan as well. Um, but then I want to talk about a real, real life example, and, I'm, and I honestly am giving a top tip. I think it's it's a car to be going for. So, the, the thing that we found on the uh, internet was a Mitsubishi Pajero Evo 
which they made 2,500 of. It was officially 276 horsepower and limited to 180 k's an hour because it was a JDM car. Um, and I think that that thing is epically cool. It was like 135,000 rand. Um, or it might have been 120,000. The problem is it registered on bots plates, which does pose a bit of a problem. But I think, given that it's right-hand drive, could come into the country. Now, I think that that, uh, um, both of the cars I'm talking about are, are ostensibly classics. The car I want to talk about, though, is a car that I've taken a plunge on. So the Porsche 928, which is a front-engine transaxle car, which means the gearbox is at the back. Those cars have started really running overseas in terms of value. For good S's um, and particularly manuals, you're talking thirty to 40,000 US dollars. You said the gearbox is in the back. Tell us what kind of gearbox it has. It has a Mercedes gearbox. But how many, how many gears? Four. And are they accessible through a gear lever? No. Does it have a clutch? No. So it's, it's an automatic. automatic. So the thing is that you won't get a manual. That's fair. You won't get a manual for 150,000. But we bought one for 55,000 rand. Granted, it's come to about 85,000 rand now just to get it onto the road. And we're almost there. But we'll come in at under 150,000 rand for a good, very, very clean right-hand drive car. Now, I reckon that in terms of collectability, it's only a matter of time that people start waking up. And just in fact, there's a there's a Porsche transaxle group, and there was someone who put out a message today saying that there's a, a collector in Singapore who's looking for right hand drive S, willing to pay up to two fifty. Now I'm saying, guys, mm, get them, get them while they're still cheap. There are a lot of ropey ones around there, so be very careful. Sometimes it might be that the person has to give you the car and then you'll still come in at 150 grand. Um, <laughs> that's but, realistic. But yeah. that's my tip. Okay. Top tip. Not bad. The no good doubt. doctor. So I decided to raid the back catalogue a little bit. So I look into personal experience and see if there's anything that I've driven or have owned that I know is great uh, to recommend. 450,000 and I actually found exactly what I was looking for what I'm uh, looking for too actually and I, and I think Thomas is going to be very excited I am and Who oddly enough Mike has showed scary. signs of excitement about these things in the last week and I was quite surprised I'm really but I thought it was a Toyota what I'm putting it on the what I'm putting on the table at 150,000 rand tonight with 5 rand change is a 2012 Renault Clio RS Gordini that is very oh, cool. Let's have a look. Mm. So that's a clear 200. Oh, I like uh, that. That's 100, 148 kilowatts. And let me tell you guys, okay, I've, driven a, I've driven a few cars and this thing is brilliant. It is properly it good. It is a properly brilliant I car. I can testify is, to that because I've is, driven them all. Right. So there you go. And you are a professional. You are a professional. I'm a professional. And, and that's only done 80,000 Ks. And this particular one's only done 80,000 Ks. Um, we owned one for five years. It was completely and utterly reliable. Don't let anyone tell you anything different. Mm. The maintenance costs were negligible. And the truth is, nothing that I've driven, I don't know, front-wheel drive has mm. handled like that car. It is amazing. It pivots around your hips. It has so much front-end grip. It's never understeered. It is an incredible little pocket rocket. Great and it, uh, it's got four seats. It's a hatchback. It's practical. It's got Isofix. It's got Bluetooth. Fantastic little Can thing. you load a couch into it? That's, 
Relatively Why big. Why would you You're want probably to? Good. You, can, you can in a Series 2 Land Rover. <laughs> <laughs> a small couch. <laughs> can, can you get to 100 in your Land Rover? <laughs> No. Very steep downhill, yes. yes. And you're not going to stop either. <laughs> so there I'm putting that on the table. Okay. So who's next? It is me. For, well, well, the last the last, uh, the last, last of us to go. So I'm also, you know, I kind of thought, what haven't I owned? I want to own something that I haven't ever owned before, a brand that I've never had before. And um, I try to find something that depreciates a lot. And uh, that's normally French cars. Uh, it's not a Renault, but it's a Peugeot. And it's a Peugeot 208 GTI, three-door in, in a splendid burgundy red, 2013, and uh, it's only done 88,000 Ks, so pre- pretty much the same as your, as your, as your Clio. Um, it's got a 1.6 turbo motor, which was also in the Mini. So good motor. Good motor, 147 kilowatts, 275 torque. It's a good little car. comes with everything, satellite navigation, so, the, you know, Bluetooth, Everything. It's nice. Yeah. But why would you rather have that than a Mini? Because Minis are for men who Careful. like hanging out in the dog park. Why would you want to have either of those but hang over on. the Clio? Doesn't our friend Jacques have a Mini that's about the same kind of price? Yeah, uh, Mini GP. Yeah, but that's a serious car. Yeah, Jacques a uh, has a uh, Mini. It's a works GP. Uh, yeah. And no, it's not the same kind of price. Yeah. It's oh. roughly double that. Yeah, it's double. Uh, oh. It doesn't quite come in another 150 more. Let's put ours together yeah. and buy that. No, I'm keeping mine. Crazy yeah. little thing. Yeah, so from, from, from my Peugeot, I walk away with 50 Rand change. So I can go and buy myself a, a Coke. Uh, to drink when it inevitably <laughs> breaks down after I've driven at 10Ks out of well, the dealership. Well, that's the thing, actually. You three have chosen cars that are definitely going to break down. I've no. chosen a, a car that's probably got the best build quality of all time. Mm. If it breaks, I'm not debating the fact that it's going to cost you the same amount as you've paid to buy the car to fix it, but it's proper quality. It's quality, but it's definitely going to break. It's diff- and it's going to be expensive. It's definitely going to catch a light. At some oh, point, not there's going to be light. smoke coming out of the dashboard. Which one of you did five years and 50,000 Ks in a Clio that never broke down? Mike, yes, you but take that was that the first 50,000 Ks. Tell us about your first 928. What kind of bills did that come with? Um, I bought it for 42,000. And? I spent 120 on it. <laughs> I rest my case. What went wrong, Mark? Um, Something small. No, that's the problem is actually if you buy a ropey one, like it's going to cost you a lot to, to get it right. But the thing is, once they're right, they're good cars. They're once solid, they're right. They're once. Look, your car, I mean, that thing, you don't have enough money just to fill the thing with oil. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to go with the Alpha. I'm changing the Alpha's phone. <laughs> maybe in some cultures you're not improving. <laughs> okay, okay right. so now it comes down to crunch time. Yes. We've Faye, all presented our cars. We've all put them on the table. Faye, which is the one that gets your nod, your vote so, of approval? I was going to say the Evo. I was going to say the Evo. But I didn't choose but it. But the Reynolds. Ah, very nice. Thank you. And everyone. in second place? Thank you, Faye. Evo. Third yeah. place? Lovely. <laughs> mm, oh, I don't know. You hey. <laughs> no, you definitely lost. Listen, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't choose mine either. After seeing the others, I'm with them. I like the Renault too. Okay. Cool. I like that. So, uh, that is, but, yeah, I, I think that's a great car. Great Thank you very much, Renault. everyone. Very, very cool. I appreciate your support. Thank you, Faye. So, yeah. Do we so, have time to speak about the Mitsubishi? What Mitsubishi? Which the Pajero. 
I don't know. I think we can save well, that for another time. Okay, let's another do time. that. We've had some good consumer advice in this segment. You know, proper buying advice that people can go out and. Yeah, it's been good. I think and go out and with. buy a Reno. So yeah, guys, thanks a lot for joining us today, and thank you, Faye, for coming in thank and you giving your your insightful knowledge on on cars and tuning and JDM. <laughs> thank you, guys. And uh, yeah, we'll probably have you back. Yeah, that again. would be awesome. Do you want to give a little shout out to your Instagram so people can follow you? Or are you no, no, don't even stress about it. Yeah. <laughs> He's got so many already, you know. Yeah. <laughs> cool. What's another 400? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thanks a lot. And uh, we'll join us again next week when we just talk more cars, stuff, bikes, dogs. <laughs> Land Rovers. Land Rovers. Oil leaks. Okay. Cool. Guys, cheers. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.